0: Hello and a warm welcome to all the listeners on the Opstam podcast. This is Danush Lavanya welcoming you all to a brand new episode of the T20 Fever. Yes, I took a break in the previous episode. Unfortunately, due to travel issues I had, I wasn't able to put the episode on time. And definitely in this episode, we are trying to cover up the episode that we missed in the previous uh, week on Saturday and try to give a complete look on how the last one week has been in the franchise leagues across the country. The major focuses definitely is on the SA Twenty and the International T Twenty that is happening in South Africa and in UAE respectively. But also, we have to remember that cricket is such a big thing across the world that there is too many uh, things that is happening simultaneously. The other formats of the game also are making a lot of noise out there. Is what we can say. The Test series between India and England has started off on a good note out there. The Australia West Indies series was never expected to make such a big noise. But that is how an underdog victory gives uh, the confidence and gives encouragement to all those young teams that are out there trying to make a name for themselves. Because West Indies, what they did the the week ago at the GABA, beating the Australians in Brisbane and becoming the only second team after Team India to beat Australia in their uh, their den for uh, nearly 40 years. That basically tells us that it is really, really, encouraging signs for the uh, west indies team going forward because it's a team that has always had issues whenever it is uh, related to players out there especially over the last decade where the contractual uh, obligations between uh, between the board and the players are not so well the financial status is uh, is considered to be in the at a very dying stage and that is the reason why players opt out. To play the T20 franchise leagues, and, dom- and and if you see the T20 franchise leagues as well, it is largely dominated by the West Indians out there because of the issues that they have related to finance when it comes to the West Indies cricket board out there. And still, the West Indies cricket board managing to find out new players, churn out the next generation, and certainly the history was made with a new set of players out there in GABA by, by the West Indies team. And that definitely gave a lot of encouragement and it was definitely the talk of the town. But in this episode of the T20 Fever, it's all about the focus on the franchise leagues that are happening across the world. So let us not waste much time and there is a deep dive into the two franchise leagues that, are, that we are going to be talking about today. The SA20 and the ILT20 here. And before that, congratulations need to be given to the Brisbane Heat team because last week when we did the previous episode, That was the very day when the final was about to happen. But now, a week later now, we are definitely seeing who have been the winners. That is the Brisbane Heat team. After 11 years, they have managed to win a trophy out there. Last year also, they had a terrific run in the knockout stages almost, winning three games on a trot in order to get themselves into the final. But unfortunately, in the finals, they faltered last year. But this time, they didn't falter. They managed to make it through. And that is the reason why. Brisbane Heat are the official champions of the Big Bash League Season 13, that is of 2023 and 2024 edition. And what a tournament that was, as I told in the previous episodes of the podcast. It is a tournament that brings in the balance between bat and ball. And certainly it was a tournament that made sure that even those 150s, 160 totals are just as fun and as interesting as we see 180 or 200 per style total game in the other franchise leagues across the world so it was a terrific tournament for sure some really quality talents came out of that tournament and they have definitely a few of them that we were talking as breakout stars in the form of xavier bartlett who was a really We could take a jake fraser mcgurk who was a big uh, breakout star from the tournament all these players have got a call up from the australian international team they are a part of the odi team that will be playing the odi series against west indies in a couple of days time so certainly Positive things have happened for the Australian cricketers out there in the Big Bash League. And certainly, it is uh, definitely a tournament that lived up to the expectations that I had personally on it. Coming about the SA20 that we are focusing right now here... Definitely, the last one week has seen a major change happen out there. A new set of trends has definitely come in because I still remember the last week we pretty much had uh, almost seen a few uh, upsets coming out of the way because joburg Super Kings, who hadn't started the tournament on a good note, they had got a got a win out there against the Pretoria Capital. Pretoria Capital, another team who hadn't had a good start in the tournament, they had got a big win against the German Super Giants. So certainly. There were expectations of teams to come back strong and perform well and get some big victories under their belt. But in this one week that we have seen out there, certainly Durban Super Giants, even though they were on the losing side in that game against the the Pretoria Capitals, here they have managed to make sure that after that loss, they have won the next four games in a row. Last one week, they have played four games and all the four matches they have, just clean swept their oppositions. The way they have won their matches is just spectacular, is what we need to say out there. Because they played the Pall Royals out there, scored over 200 runs with the bat. Um, and with the ball, they were just uh, tremendous. And the way Nur Amat has performed for them in this tournament is just remarkable to uh, see out there. Because he got a five-wicket haul in that game against uh, Pall Royals and completely derailed them. It was a battle of the table toppers. Pal Royals are number two and DSG are number one yeah, at this stage of the, of the tournament, in the business end of the tournament. But beating Pal Royals in such a convincing fashion gave that immense amount of encouragement for the Durban Super Giants. And that is why they have managed to win the last four games in a row. And out of nine games, they have managed to win seven of it, in which has resulted in them already getting the qualification to the uh, to the playoffs that will be happening in a week's time. And definitely, they will be hoping to see who are the teams that will be coming with them. But with the way they have dominated the tournament with seven victories and just one game remaining, and seeing the other teams that are out there, Pal Royals at number two, uh, Sunrise Eastern Cape at number three, it looks like Durban Super Giants will be making sure to make that top spot for themselves. And certainly, this tournament has been a terrific one for them because... On the batting side, you have Hendrich Glass and you have Matt Britsky, who are number two and number three when it comes to highest run scorers in the tournament. Both have scored in excess of 300 runs. Both have batted extremely well; have been explosive, is what we can say. 202 strike rate in the tournament for Hendrich Glass. and it's just it's not just for one innings or another innings. It is for eight to nine games consecutively. He has managed to keep up a strike rate of an average of 202. Just tells how outstanding. His form has been. Matt Britsky also got a couple of good starts in the early on of the tournament, in the earlier games. But the way he has picked up in the later half of the tournament is just uh, really, really good. And encouraging signs is what we can say. On the bowling side, the captain himself, Keshav Omar, has slid from the front 11 wickets with the ball third, highest wicket taker in the tournament. Always being the disciplined personality out there, making sure that his four overs are as valuable as possible for the team. And he has got some great X-factor bowlers out there. We can see the likes of Noor Ahmed, who has stepped up and done extremely well. Five-wicket haul for him. Junior Dalla, who also got a five-wicket haul in the previous game against against the Pretoria capital. So, certainly, they are getting their bowlers to step up at the right time. And they managed to find good replacements because the, the players like Nicholas purin went away. Ruiz Topli went away. Richard Gleason went away. And they managed to find good replacements for them they have got a new no luck they have gotten someone like uh, No ahmed now into the squad so it is nice to see that they have managed to get those replacements well into their team and that has resulted in them performing extremely well Pal royals on the other side they have got five victories un- under their name second place they are they have two games in their in their name and they will be playing the number 3 side that is uh, the sunrise eastern cape so 2 and 3 will be playing their final two games against each other so definitely it is uh, going to be a tug of war between those two teams to finalize who are going to who is going to be in that number two position because if you finish at number two position, it is the it is the added advantage of you having one extra opportunity to make it into the final. Even though you falter in the first qualifier, you can win in the second qualifier and can move up uh, still into the final. Is what that extra advantage to the top two teams get. So that is what both these teams should be hoping for to do, and it is going to be fun to see how those two games are going to turn up because. Because both the teams are in uh, good touch at the moment, especially Sunrise East Eastern Cape. They have managed to, they, they also started off on a slow note and they have managed to come back at the right time, peak at the right time. Their batters have stepped up regularly and had consistent batting performances. Their captain himself, Aiden Markham, has been the best of the lot. Uh, they have someone like Tom Abel from England who comes in at number three and has been spectacular when it comes to. Playing those drives, hitting it down the ground, the front-batted shots, the straight-batted shots through the covers, through the uh, down the ground specifically are so good to watch out there. As I said in this tournament, there has been a bunch of players that have definitely made a name for themselves, like Ryan Rickerton for MI Cape Town, like Mitchell Van Buren for the Pretoria Cup, uh, for the pal Royals in the same fashion for Sunrise Eastern Cape. I find someone like Tom Abel and Jordan Herman, who scored a century early on in the tournament, to be those two outstandingly talented cricketers who definitely brought in a spotlight on themselves with quality performances from their bat and this has definitely helped the team to perform extremely well in the tournament is what we can say then in the number four position there is going to be a fight for sure it is going to be the fight between joe jo super kings pretoria capital and DMI cape town but talking about mi M- M- cape town here specifically they had a Decent start to the tournament. You know they had a couple. They had a big win against uh, Joe Book Super Kings in the second game itself, and they managed to uh, seal that game pretty convincingly. And a couple of good victories they got in the early stages of the tournament. But the two the two defeats that they got early on also were small margins. They lost by single digit scores. But what has happened over the last one week is completely 180 of what has happened for the Durban Super Giants. For Durban Super Giants, last four games they have they have a hundred percent record in victories but for the mi cape town it is the exact opposite they have got they have lost all the four games and they have been really really atrocious when it comes to and their bowling front they played jsk in the in a game a uh, few days ago it was an 8 over contest because of the rain issues and in that 8 over contest they managed to score 80 with the bat and they help and the, and the jsk team who had to score 98 as the, the dls par score told them to do in eight overs. The, the result was completely different out there. They managed to chase off eight, 98 runs in just five and a half overs. Bowlers like Kagisurabada, Sam Curran have just been taken for cleaners out there in this tournament. And certainly that has completely hampered the team's performance. And also someone like Ria Rickelton, uh, who started off extremely well in the tournament, got four back to back half centuries, played some excellent knocks from the bat but if we see the performance of his in the last four games it is definitely not uh, that encouraging out there he hasn't got the starts he hasn't been able to keep up the consistency and that is uh, a major reason for the team uh, one of the major reasons even though he's had 405 runs and has hit most number of sixes of 27 sixes in tournament still Ryan rickelton needs to be consistent and that is why they say consistent is key in the long term in this big tournaments in this multi form multi team tournaments because you can score a century every third game, but if you score a duck in the other two games out there, definitely it is not going to give your team much amount, that much amount of consistency or confidence on you as a batter, and you also won't do the complete uh, fulfillment of your role as a batter out there. So MI Cape Town definitely struggling at the moment, where they have uh, where they are placed at the bottom of the table. They have around two couple of games left in there. In their side and it looks to be a slim opportunity for them to qualify out there, and they have to fight tooth and nail. They and they have two games against Pretoria Capital, so they they will be making sure that they manage to make it through to the uh, through to the top four, at least make make it to the fourth position. Because all these three teams, JSK, Pretoria Capital, and in my, in my city, are going to be playing for that fourth position. And certainly these uh, these teams are playing amongst amongst themselves. For JSK, they have two big games because they are playing uh, DSG and uh, the Pyle Royals out there. But, and the Sunrise Eastern Cape out there in their uh, final two games. So, it is going to be a tough task for them. So, with with JSK playing two big teams and they are in a must-win scenario, it becomes easier for Bo, for, for for Pretoria Capital and, and MI Cape Town. Because they are playing each other in the two games that they are, they are, that they are remaining in this tournament. So certainly they will be hoping to get 2-0 against the opposition, so that they can further more enhance their chances of finishing up at number four out there. So certainly it's going to be a fun last few days in the SA Twenty, and we are, we can expect some excellent performances out there. This tournament so far, the last one week, uh, has seen some good batting performances, but also some really really good bowling performances. Lungi Ngidi consistently taking wickets regularly in the games out there, helping his team extremely well with the ball that that is the pal royals and taking 13 wickets he has been placed I mean, he has kept himself at the top of the table throughout the tournament so far lizard williams also has been good for the joburg super kings one of the was one of the small positives for them in this up and down tournament that they have had in this uh, edition 11 wickets for him in just 19 overs that he has bowled so certainly that tells you that he has uh, done extremely well with the limited opportunities that he has got to bowl out there And he's definitely a player that would be hoping to continue uh, helping his team make it to the playoffs um, and get those big wins because their two games are against Eastern Cape and Durban Super Giants. So it is going to be a challenging uh, challenging task for the Joburg Super Kings to to win and uh, seal that spot at the number four position that they are currently placed at the moment is what we can say. And that is the whole scenario of how the tournament is uh, at the moment. And we will definitely see what uh, this tournament goes by because Sunday is the final match. We have just left with around five, six games in this tournament. So that basically is the final stages. Every team has a couple of games under their wing and we will be getting an idea. We already, get, we already can see Durban Super Giants already qualifying. Pal Royals and Sunrise Eastern came on the verge of qualification. And that number four spot is certainly a place that we will be seeing whether We'll be seeing either of Pile Royals or my Cape Town, or will Joburg Super Kings get two big victories against Sunroy's Eastern Cape and Durban Super Giants and seal their spot in the number four position. So that is the place to fight at the moment in the SA20, and certainly we'll see how it goes by in the last four days of the tournament. Welcome back to all the listeners on the austem Podcast. Yes, we had a focus on how the SA20 has been going on and how the business end of the tournament is definitely making the business to pick up. And there is uh, some exciting things happening. The fourth spot, certainly the focus at the moment in SA20. What about the tournament happening in the Middle East? That is the, that is the ILT20, the international T20 out there. And certainly we are seeing the other MI team perform well here. And in the SA20, we are seeing the MI kept on having a slump with four back-to-back defeats. But here, uh, MI Emirates have done extremely well out there. They won their first four games convincingly. They had a slight hiccup in the previous game against the Desert Vipers, where they they got their first defeat. But if we see the way their batting performances has been in the tournament, it is pretty much well-rounded out there. They have Mohamed Wasim in their side, who opens the batting. One of the outstanding talents from the UAE circuit and certainly with the way he has played in this tournament, highest run scorer currently with 204 runs and the way he plays his attacking uh, stroke play, he is de- definitely a player to look out for out there uh, in other T20 franchise leagues because one thing is, if you, perform for, if you perform in these tournaments, the MI, that is the ILT20, that is the SA20, and since these are all the sister franchises of IPL out there, if any player gets injured you know, or any player doesn't turn up for the tournament, that is the IPL 2024 that will be starting up in a, in, in a month and a half, in around 45 days' time, certainly these players will be looked into and can be expected to make the cut into the Mumbai Indians team or into the Kolkata Riders team out there. So certainly someone like a Wasim, who gives you a good wicket-keeping uh, skill as well and also has been outstanding with the bat out there at the top order. Has just blown off the oppositions out there. A couple of good 50s coming in from his bat. And he has played some attacking stroke play out there. So he's showcasing some really quality big hitting uh, from his bat. And certainly that has helped the team to keep up themselves at the top of the table at the moment. And as far as the other teams that are there in the tournament. Sharjah Warriors, they start off on a, on a low note. Last yeah. edition, they didn't even make it into the top four. So, this time they'll be hoping to um, make a big move for themselves. And they'll be they They started off on a negative note, I have to say, because they lost their, lost two of their first three games. And they were not uh, looking that confident out there. Their, their team also was not that, uh, that much consistent, is what we can say. There wasn't that big batting performance or a big uh, player whom we could have expected to do big things for the team. But... As the games have progressed, we are certainly seeing the likes of uh, Johnson Charles do some ex- excellent uh, stuff for the team in the batting department. Scored a brilliant ninety-three with the bat out there in the in the, in, in the game, um, in the game, and that resulted in the team performing extremely well and getting a big victory on their uh, side. And they'll be hoping uh, the other players, someone like Martin Gupted, whom they have in their in their ranks, their captain himself. Tom Kohler-Cadmore, who has been outstanding when it comes to six hitting out there. He has a 10 sixes in, in the five games that he has played. He has just scored 90 runs, of which 60 have come in just sixes out there. But it is also important for you to score quick quality runs. He comes in at number 4, number 5 position. Yeah, he is doing the finishers role pretty well out there. That is a definite estimate. But more than that, it is important for, for a batsman to play with consistency out there. That is what we can expect. From the likes of uh, Tom Coller more from Johnson Charles, from Martin Kapter in the games uh, to go by. As far as Desert Vipers are concerned, they are also a team that uh, are the, the runner ups of the previous edition. And they got the likes of uh, Shani Nafridi into their team after a couple of uh, games. And they also had a negative start. They lost three of their first four games and then they have managed to, uh, then they have tried to come back strong and they have got a win against the MI Emirates. So certainly it is going to. Boost a lot of confidence for them. And they are playing someone like a Dubai Capitals and Gulf Giants who haven't been that consistent in the, consistent in the first uh, few games that they have played. So certainly they'll be hoping to notch up some victories and move up in the points table out there. The Desert Vipers are at 5th at the moment and top 4 teams are the teams that will be qualifying into the playoffs of this uh, tournament. As far as Gulf Giants, the defending champions are concerned. They start off the tournament on a high, beating the so warriors out there but after that they had to suffer two defeats in their next two contests against uh, emirates and against desert vipers but definitely now they have managed to come back strong by beating the dubai capitals out there and they are currently placed at the number 3 position with uh, four points under their name with two wins and they will be playing they will be playing uh, night riders another team that hasn't had a good tournament so far in the first uh, half of the tournament so, it is going to be fun to see how they are going to turn up in their uh, game as well. As far as the Dubai Capitals are concerned, they started off on a good note. Won two of their first three games. But after that, uh, their main players kind of have gone out there. They had Jake Fraser, they had Rahman gurbaz But unfortunately, they have missed out a couple of players in the recent games. And that has pretty much impacted their performance as well. And someone like David Warner is there in the team but hasn't been able to perform that consistently. They have brought in Sam Billings into the team, who has scored a couple of half centuries in the tournament. But it is uh, the, the the importance is on consistency in these tournaments, and that is certainly not presented, is what uh, we can say. And in the bowling front as well, they don't have that much amount of that X-factor bowler who can be a standout. They have Jason Holder, they have rule of random over, they have experienced heads out there. But it is important for uh for a team to have some X-factors out there who can always come out and pose a threat to the opposition. And certainly, their UAE, aspects, UAE prospects as well, Akif, uh, Raja, and Haider uh, Ali aren't uh, that convincing, is what uh, we can say in their performances. And certainly, here, we'll be expecting the team to do well in the games to come by. But at the moment, Dubai Capitals look to be in the in uh, in the in the slump. But let us not hope it is not as uh, big of a slump like the MI Cape Town in the SA 20 where it will completely rule out their chances of qualification out there. As far as Abu Dhabi Night Riders' is concerned, last edition, I remember they had lost seven matches in a row and they got only one win in the nine games, in the ten games that they played in the first edition of the ILT20. This edition, they started off on a good note. They got a big win against the Desert Vipers, but after that, it has, it has been a dip in form out there and definitely they will be hoping to make a comeback in their next games that will be against the against the Gujarat, against the Gulf Giants and the Dubai Capitals in the next two games. But their players, if we look into the performances as well, it hasn't been that convincing in the last uh, few games. They were bowled out for 95 by the MI Emirates when they played against them. And the second time when they played the MI Emirates, they managed to score a competitive score of 188. But their bowling side just didn't have the, uh, have the firepower in them. And that, and that is the reason why they weren't able to defend the total that they had posted. They have the likes of Andre Russell, who has done extremely good with the bat. 13 sixes uh, out there in the tournament, second most in this uh, edition. He has done the finishers' role really well, but as a bowler, he has been expensive. Sunil Larain, the captain himself, he hasn't been that convincing as well in this tournament uh, with the ball. He is more of the economical uh, aspect rather than taking wickets. And certainly, if a bowler is economical, that the opposition will rather see them, see them off and manage to get uh, an, 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 an on-par score uh, when it comes to the economy rates, like six, six and a half runs. If we get 30 runs in four overs and don't lose a wicket, that is what uh, Sunil Aran is doing at the moment. He's considering 30-32 runs and not being able to take a wicket out there. That is pretty much helping the opposition uh, see him off. And that is what they have done so far, and that is the reason why uh, the team hasn't been able to take those wickets in consistent uh, games, and their bowlers as well haven't been that that remarkable in their uh, side as well. Ali Khan, who has been their their impact player, certainly hasn't been able to step up and perform. And David Willey, really, post retirement, Imad Wasim, post retirement, certainly not in their best physical forms, fitness forms, or as far well as performance as well. Uh, so definitely, it is hampering. The performance of the Abu Dhabi Knight Riders in the large perspective is what uh, we can say. And on the batting front as well, they have brought in Joe Clark. They have brought in the likes of uh, Mitchell Pepper. But certainly, these players have played T20 tournaments across the world. But they haven't been able to have that impactful performances on their side. And that is certainly important. They have to Sam Haynes, someone who had a terrible uh, Capes, I covered up uh, his game, the, the games that he played for the Hobart Hurricanes, and he was hardly getting any runs. But here he has got a few runs, but it is not enough for the team, is what we can say in the larger perspective. So it is tough for the Abu Dhabi Night Raiders at the moment, uh, positioning themselves at the number six position, winning only two of, this, of the five games that they have played. Ten games is what each team plays in this tournament. So certainly another half of the tournament remaining here in the ILT20. And let us see. Which, to, which team makes it into the top four. And I guess in a week's time, we'll get an idea of well, what all teams might make it to the top four. Uh, what our, uh, we, we might even expect someone like Amaya merits who have won four of their six games, even see their position in the semifinals out there. That will be happening in the second half of the month of February out there. So This is going to be a fun couple of weeks for, for the ILT20, and certainly let us see which team makes it into the top four. And that's it for today's episode. out there it is! Uh, it was a definitely a good look back into the into the performances of all the teams in the two big franchise tournaments. That is the SA Twenty and the ILT Twenty. It is nice to uh, get some information on the other tournaments as well. That is the Women's Premier League that I definitely am expecting uh, to have a great run out there because February 23rd, the official date has been announced. Bengaluru and Delhi are going to be the two venues hosting the tour hosting the games out there. A total of 22 games will be played in the tournament. 11 in Bangalore, the first half, and the second half in the Jaitley Stadium in Delhi. So it is going to be a fun tournament. How people are going to turn up in these two cities is also something that needs to be seen because last edition, the first one was completely played out in Mumbai itself and in the Brebon Stadium and in the the, the D.Y. Partridge Stadium in Nami, Mumbai. But this time, the the tournament will be playing in two different cities. So let us see how people in Bengaluru turn up because uh, we have seen during the World Cup out there Even non-India games like Pakistan-New Zealand, Pakistan-Australia, we saw the stadium getting jam-packed out there. Let us see how women's cricket are going to especially the the craze that RCB has out there. And RCB playing five games in their home ground definitely will bring in a lot of uh, eyes into the team and and a lot of uh, fans into the ground is what we can expect in this edition of the Women's Premier League in MCN swami Stadium, as well as the same case, because Delhi Capitals, the run-ups of the previous edition, who look to be a very, very well-balanced out team heading into the second edition, they'll be expected to do well once again. And they and if they manage to perform well with the bat and ball, certainly your ladies will be able to play, get in the uh, get in the fans out there uh, during the second half of the tournament. And one factor is that the tournament will be happening from February 23rd to March 17th, and every single day it is going to be one solitary match. 7:30 p.m. IST, just one match every day. So it is. So there is no issue of finding out which day is a double header, which date is just single match out there. How the weekends are going to be. So it is pretty well laid out. March 17th will be the final, and five days later, March 22nd is the start of the IPL 2024 edition. So certainly a lot of outstanding cricket coming up ahead, and certainly Amay Lavanya will be giving you all the updates. Analysis and the reports relating to these tournaments here on the Offstrom Podcast. And I'll see you in the next episode. Goal.